In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, praise God, and good morning, everyone. As we begin this homily reflection, I would like to ask a small favor. I would like you to, for us as a parish family, to pray, especially at this Mass, for our 64 young people who are currently on their confirmation retreat. 64 kids and all their families, in fact, they have an 11 o'clock Mass at the St. Je- Joseph Morello Youth Center up in Loomis as the kids are getting ready for their confirmation. So for the past two days, I've been with the kids up there, and as they're getting ready, yesterday I had the great privilege of giving a talk, one of the main talks there with the kids, and you can imagine talking to 64 teenagers. <laughs> and I had the worst time slot, by the way. They gave me the 1.45 p.m. afternoon talk. So imagine that. We just fed them tacos. <laughs> so we had a parishioner bring out their taco cart, and we, we just stuffed them with as many tacos that they can eat. And then we played a game, of course, after lunch. And then at that time, we have to, I have to give them an hour talk. So you can imagine, here I am with 64 young kids in front of me, and I had the gracious privilege of giving them a talk about sin. (laughs) So what do I do? Half the time, I'm telling the kids, stop slouching, stop taking a nap, you two, stop talking to each other, you sit over there. Could you imagine trying to give a talk to those kids at the same time trying to stay on topic? (laughs) Anybody knows whose education... Being a 14-year-old is tough. Imagine. Do you remember when you were at that age? It's always an awkward stage when we're 12, 13, 14, 15. That's the age group of these confirmation kids. And here we are. And I have to teach them about Jesus. And it's at that age that I have to convince them or encourage them to choose Jesus Christ. Imagine now, though, not only when you were younger, but especially our young people at this age. Because if you ever read the stats, you know what our young people are battling and how many hours they spend, if they're an average teen, American teen, how many hours they spend on their screens. Could you imagine the messages that are filling our young people through social media, video games, and just all the other sources that are vying for their attention? All the messages that are just bombarding our young people. And then in the midst of all of these messages, here we are as as church, and we say to them, choose Jesus. That is a high mountain. What makes that age so tough at that particular stage of their development is that their focus is their peer group as teens. This is why this stage is always awkward for all of us here who have ever raised young people. Of course, you know it. What is, what is the chief battle of that teenage years? 
is that they're rebelling, aren't they? We all did it, especially when we were young. Because at that particular time period, we're trying to form our identity. And we're trying to awkwardly break from our parents. At the same time, establish of who we are. And in the midst of that, we're trying to ask them, make your faith a part of your identity. And that is hard. In much of the same way, these teens, those 65 teenagers right now, and their families, 64 of our parish families are up there getting ready for Mass. In very similar way, those teens are like the two disciples in our gospel today. The famous story of the road to Emmaus. Two disciples, after the resurrection, the death of Jesus, and all of that's been happening, they don't quite understand everything, what's happening. They're walking away from Jerusalem towards the city of Emmaus. In the Gospel of Luke, where this comes from, we have to, to truly penetrate this, this beautiful Gospel. We have to remember what Jerusalem was for Luke. Jerusalem is the city of God. In all of the Gospel of Luke, everything is pointing towards the culmination of Jerusalem. Jesus and the disciples are always walking up towards Jerusalem. So everything is flowing towards Jerusalem. But then notice the two disciples. They're walking away from Jerusalem. And instead, they're going to this mysterious place called Emmaus. Jerusalem, the city of God, Emmaus, the world. Suddenly, Jesus appears, and they don't quite recognize Jesus. One of them, it says the gospel, that name Cleopas is there. Cleopas according to John 19, verse 25, was a brother of St. Joseph. He was the uncle of our Lord, a very family member of Jesus Christ. A family member of our Lord, by this point, had already lost his faith. Could you imagine? Here's Cleopas. He would have seen Jesus being reared in Nazareth with Mary and Joseph, he saw Jesus grow up as a teenager. He saw Jesus and Joseph. He probably spent evenings at dinner with the Holy Family. He saw our Lord, and he saw our Lord firsthand raising people from the dead. He saw Jesus performing miracles, curing the sick. He saw everything. And then notice what happens to him now. As our Lord appears to them in a, in a disguise, he says, what are you discussing as you walk along the way towards Emmaus? And Cleopas, his uncle, responds, are you the only visitor of the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene? That title right there immediately reveals something about Cleopas' heart. 
Jesus the Nazarene is a human title. It's like saying Deacon Rob of Vacaville. It means nothing. It's just the title of where you're from. Already, you see here, he had lost the divine identity of our Lord because of the scandal of what happened in Jerusalem. He says, don't you understand what happened to Jesus the Nazarene? That's just a human title. No longer is he called God. No longer is he the Messiah, the Meshayach. No longer is he any of these divine attributes. But rather, he's just a normal man. He had lost his faith. And then all of a sudden, beautiful Jesus, still in disguise, begins to open up the sacred scripture before them. He opens up the divine word. And as he's speaking to them about the great mysteries of salvation, a second pivotal moment now occurs. He takes, blesses, and gives the bread. As Catholics, do you recognize this pattern here? The first part, Jesus takes the scripture, reveals it, proclaims it. Next, she is over to the bread. Takes, blesses, gives. Do you recognize this pattern? It's called the Holy Mass. You ever wonder why, as Catholics, our Mass is structured the way it is? Because what did we, what did we just do earlier in the beginning part of the Mass? We broke open the Word, didn't we? We read sacred scripture. And the priest is supposed to expound something profound, hopefully. <laughs> Not long winded, hopefully. And then after the, whole, after the scripture is, bro- is broken open, then we shift. And we will take the bread, bless it, break it, and it will be given to you. And it is precisely at this moment that Jesus has reveals himself. And as the gospel says, that as the Lord is revealed in the breaking of the bread, They recognize finally who he is. In the breaking of the bread, the answer comes. Those 64 confirmation kids up at that retreat center, they're looking for an answer to life. The world is telling them to choose a myriad of paths. While our Lord stands in the midst of this competition and it says to them, choose me. And it's our great task, especially as as the pastor of this place and our faith formation team and all of the parents that are up there right now, what we're trying to do with these 64 young kids, we're saying to them, the answer of, of which you seek is Jesus Christ. Choose Jerusalem. But imagine that that tall order, because what is awaiting for them in Jerusalem, just as it was to these two disciples? They're going into battle, 
Because if they go back to Jerusalem and they choose Jesus Christ, that means they're going to have to suffer to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Because to be a Christian in the first century is not easy. If they go back to Jerusalem, you know what's going to await them? They're going to be arrested and tortured just like our Lord. In other words, when they choose Jerusalem, they're going to choose the harder path. It is easier to walk to Emmaus than to Jerusalem. Because if our 64 young people up there at that retreat right now, if they choose Jesus Christ, essentially they're choosing to be a minority. They're choosing to enter a culture which is diametrically morally opposed to Christian teaching. And if they choose Jesus Christ, they will stand out as a sore thumb precisely at the age when they want to fit in. This is why we have to hold up our young people in prayer to strengthen them with the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that they too may choose Jerusalem and to walk the harder path of the Christian. Emmaus will always be easy. There was no persecution in Emmaus. Emmaus is life on the couch watching television. At the end of this gospel, look what the two disciples chose. After Jesus revealed to them the breaking of the bread, it is said that they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem. They chose Jesus Christ. 